Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Andy Dalton or Justin Fields? Which Bears quarterback will the Cardinals face on Sunday? Who do they want to face on Sunday? Should there even be a preference? Overall, the Bears offense, as it looks on paper, is not very good. But first, as the head coach said, what happened? A padded practice Thursday. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 503, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Not exactly sure how many padded practices this team has or how many are left before the end of the regular season. But I'll say this, coming off the bye week, as Cliff Kingsbury mentioned on Wednesday, the team was in pads on Thursday, and I think it was a smart decision. Yeah, anytime you get a break, you want to make sure these guys, uh, obviously they want to make sure the temple's there in practice, but, you know, football's played in pads, and that's how you get ready for a game coming up on the road. You know, probably the only week they didn't go in full pads was when they played on Thursday night football. I think you're allowed 11 through our 14-week season, and it looks like they're using them up because every Thursday they're in full pads except for the game against the Packers. And Thursday was the day Kingsbury wanted to see specifically Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in pads. How are they moving? And during the open portion of practice, both seem to be moving just fine, and I get it. This is a daily now occurrence, and it's become weekly over the last month when it comes to the quarterback and wide receiver. But I'll say this, as we still have a few days before Sunday, they are trending in the right direction. That's the phrasing that you like to use, MJ, and I'll agree with you that the anticipation is that we will see number one and number ten come this week. Yeah, and, you know, as for DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, I think his injury is a little bit more severe when you talk about the hamstring. Then Kyler Murray obviously both lingered, um, but that was the plan to try to hold these guys out without losing two or three games, and they were two and one. And normally we don't see Hopkins on a Wednesday. Maybe it's more of a veteran day off when he plays on Sunday, but he normally is out there on Thursday and Friday. Uh, this go-around, because they're coming off a bye and he hasn't practiced in a while, he's been on the field Wednesday and Thursday, and I anticipate he'll be out there tomorrow. And he's got a big smile on his face. He's he's bouncing around. You know, he said yesterday when he got on the field, the first guy that gave him a bear hug was Chandler Jones. I mean, you could see I don't see any setbacks, and, and that's really when I when I look at Kyler Murray, it looks like he's, he's able to, you know, be on the balls of his feet. Uh, when they do certain drills, and it looks like he's not lingering. So, as barring any setbacks, I think they're going to be good to go. We'll just have to wait for the final distinction. Yeah, old knock on wood here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, one player we have not seen on the practice field as of yet, and that would be Justin Pugh. Continues to deal with a calf injury. He was spotted on Wednesday working on the side, not seen on Thursday, so we'll wait and see with that. But if you have Max Garcia back, that kind of alleviates some of the loss of Justin Pugh. It's when you lose both of your two interior guards, that is when issues pop up, especially when you're talking about that push up the middle. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, Sean Cooler is going to play the best five guys, and I think with a guy like Justin Pugh, he's been in the system you know, for a long time, including when Cliff and, and Sean were hired. 
he probably if, if he needs to practice on a Friday, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but if they want to hold him out because, again, there's six games, I completely understand. Uh, we don't have the medical information that the team does. And so then you, you're going to go next man up. Is that Sean Harlow? Is that Josh Jones? We know those guys provide depth. Um, but if Pugh's ready to go, I would think he'll be out there. I don't think he needs a ton of practice time is what I'm getting at. I'll say this. The injury report as far as the list of names from the Seattle game ahead of the bye week to now after the bye week ahead of the Chicago Bears, it's been cut in half, maybe even more than in half. And and that that's one of the things that the Cardinals were trying to accomplish. I mean, they didn't want to rush Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins back. And the fact is, you know, like, Right now, you got you know Max Garcia, I'm sorry, uh, Max Williams and Kylie uh, Fitz. They're the only ones out for the entire season. JJ is hoping to come back, and that's good news because usually when you look around the league, Craig, and some teams that have losing records, those will start stashing guys on IR. They want to see young guys, but this is really impressive. And the team that stays the healthiest is likely going to be the team playing in January, if not early February. Yeah, it's not always the most talented team. It's who's playing the best and who is the healthiest because you get on a roll, and yes, you can start building off the week prior, but it helps when you have, as you like to say, your five-star players. And let's hope, Bird Gang, that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are back this week against the Chicago Bears. The updates with respect to this game, Week 13 at Soldier Field, weather.com. I looked at it this morning, MJ, and there is now an 80% chance of rain. On Wednesday, it was 50%. Now, the good news is the temperature is expected to be a little bit warmer in the low 50s as opposed to the mid 40s. Though I like, and this has become a topic of discussion this week, and and it's I'll guarantee you this, MJ, this is all media driven, and I'll be the first to raise my hand and put myself in the front of the line, but this is the first time this season that weather has been a factor, although everyone that we've talked to, coaches, players, say, uh-uh, weather is not going to be a factor to, or this week. I hope not. I mean, it Again, though, I mean, the Cardinals don't really practice in rain. Uh, you can do the wet ball or you put a bucket out there and you throw the wet ball, but it's not the same when the if it's raining. And I think from an organization standpoint, you know, you get these 10-day forecasts. I, I think they're going to wait till Friday or Saturday because the only thing they were going to have to figure out is what cleats do you want to wear. And that that field has never been, been able to hold up throughout the course of the football season. So, I mean, you like, you can't grow grass when it's that cold. And so I'm sure they've sodded some certain areas. To me, the wind would be the biggest issue. But, you know, Kyler said he doesn't uh, mind playing in the rain. It's more the it, – it's more – no, he what, he, how, what was his re- reference when it comes to raining? It doesn't matter if it's – if if it if it's raining, it's it's the wind that he does yes. not like. And in the colder weather where again the ball gets a little bit harder in, in this time of the year. And so and again if it's wet but again, both teams have to play in the same weather. Yes, it's a road game for the Cardinals, but going back to high school and college, they had to play outdoors at some point. And and they went to Seattle last uh, last what, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, and it, it wasn't like it was 75 degrees and sunny. It was in, in the fourth quarter. It was cool there. You could see with it when the weather temperatures dropped. And because of the, you know, right by the lake there um, in Michigan, I'm sorry, in Chicago, that's why it, it, they call it the Windy City. So, uh, you know, listen, 
whoever plays the best is going to win the football game, and there should be no excuses here. The Cardinals need to take care of business. They know what's at stake. And that's what Zach Ertz said on Thursday, quote, you can't make excuses for the weather, end quote. Quick correction, Bird Gang, as I went back and refreshed my memory <laughs> as far as what Kyler Murray did say when he addressed the media this week. Cold weather games, not an issue. He's played in those. Okay, it's when it's raining, that wet stuff, and yeah. that's what you would expect with a quarterback and maybe even a running back as well because it becomes more difficult to grip. And then everyone else, you brought up the cleats, and that's what Devon Kennard brought up. That will be a decision that they make. I mean, they'll prepare – Friday and then leave Saturday, but those decisions probably won't be known until you go through pregame warm-ups, go back into the locker room, all right, how is it? I need longer cleats, shorter cleats, give me something else. But that is something that – and you might even see some adjustments with respects to how the field is holding up during the course of the game. Yeah, and they and they have, you know, a couple, um, you know, boxes back there where they have cleats and they have a drill. So you can do it right there on the sidelines. So you may see a guy in, in warm-ups – feel like hey I can wear these and then you get to the second quarter and it's like a cow path I'm going to change cleats they can do that right on the sideline so they won't have to go back in the locker room or anything like that so um, they're equipped for it this is you know obviously the NFL so they, they're not going to cut any corners when it comes to making sure players safety first but also what puts you in the best position to make plays look Bert gang we get it this is an unusual circumstance we don't have to talk about the weather here in Arizona one the Cardinals play indoors but the weather is great 95% of the time here in Arizona. Sometimes it gets a little warm and we are a little, I don't know, we're a little weak when it comes to when that temperature drops under 70 degrees. But other than that, this is the first time that the elements play a factor and knock on wood if this team does have to play on the road in the postseason, i.e. Lambeau Field, it's going to be a topic of conversation once again. Yeah, and they'll say, well, you got to West Coast team playing in Green Bay, and, and obviously the matchup alone is going to be difficult just from the, who's the quarterback on the other side. Again, at the end of the day, um, if the Cardinals bring their A game or A A minus or B plus, uh, they should be able to win this football game. And I like the mindset what I'm hearing all week, and um, they're not taking the Bears for granted, uh, just like any other team. Uh, at this point in the year, I, we've talked about it. Throw out the records. Throw them out. Because they're they got pride and they're playing for something and they're probably playing for, you know, possibly their coach, and some guys are going to be free agents and the uh, the INS guy doesn't lie and and a lot of teams when you're looking at a free agent you look at the last four or five games and see was he playing not to get hurt was he still balling because that will tell you a lot about a person you know is it, is it, I don't want to get hurt or am I going to continue to play because you're you're actually interviewing for 31 other teams if you become a free agent so. I think, uh, you know, from both sides, um, they're probably saying the same thing. Hey, we hope it pours. We hope it sleets. We hope the temperatures get down to 30 degrees, and we'll see how the Cardinals handle it. That's probably what they're thinking on their side. And so far, this Cardinals team has handled all of the adversity that they have faced this season. It's the big reason why they are 9-2 and two heading into Week 13, and hopefully – a lot of players will be playing in the Pro Bowl, but if the team is playing in Los Angeles the week later in the Super Bowl, then obviously that goes for naught. But bottom line is we want to see a number of Cardinal players on the football field or at least named, selected to the Pro Bowl in 2022. Voting underway. Remember, your fan vote consists or counts 
for one-third. Coaches and players also have a say, but you can vote, Bird Gang, NFL.com slash Pro Bowl Vote, NFL.com slash Pro Bowl Votes. And if you did not see it earlier on azcardinals.com, Darren Urban with an update. Cardinals still have eight players among the top ten at their respective positions. Kyler Murray, fifth in the NFC. Kelvin Beecham, second in the NFC among tackles. Rodney Hudson is fifth among centers. So that's good to see. The Beecham number is unbelievable. So hopefully, Bird Gang, Kelvin Beecham, a first-time Pro Bowler in 2022. When you look at the defense, Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden ranked two and three in the conference. Buda Baker, second among safeties. Isaiah Simmons, eighth. And Byron Murphy, fifth among corners. So... That's good, some good some good representation as far as when you talk about quarterback, offensive line, and all three levels of your defense. Yeah, we touched on it um, yesterday. And when when you're a team that wins 12 or 13 games, you're not putting the cart before the horse, but you normally have five or six guys. I mean, just look at the Buccaneers last year. Look at the Chiefs. I mean, when you're that good, teams have to recognize you. So vote early and often. Keep it going. 33% from the fans, 33% from the players, 33% from the, the coaches. So you have a hand in this, and a lot of people think when it comes to the popularity contest, that's where you know the fans will obviously get a chance to vote. And when you have a team like the Cardinals, they're deserving of playing in the upcoming Pro Bowl. However, they have bigger fish to fry. They want to play in the Super Bowl. So just to be invited and have that on your credentials and resume, and some guys may have bonuses in their contract, that's great. But they got bigger uh, a bigger fish to fry when it comes to playing in February. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals and Bears kick off on Sunday. It is 11 a.m. 6.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. The game at Soldier Field. And the question that at least I have is, who are the Bears going to be lining up at quarterback this week. Andy Dalton got the starts last week with Justin Fields dealing with rib injuries. Matt Nagy was interesting. I don't know if he let the cat out of the bag, but it certainly sounds like, again, sounds like it's going to be Andy Dalton because Coach Nagy, they said they will not rush Justin Fields back. Although I'll say this, Fields did play well before getting hurt against the Ravens. That 49ers game and Steelers game, he looked like he was trying finally starting to figure things out. But when you look at just the quarterbacks for this offense, and we'll get to the overall offense in a moment, but Andy Dalton, a known commodity. Justin Fields, an unknown commodity, a rookie. Isaiah Simmons earlier this week asked if he had a preference. No, no preference. Quote, focused on playing our best football, end quote. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, regardless of who the quarterback is. But when you look at what you've seen this season out of those two is – do you have a preference on who you want the Cardinals to face? Uh, Andy Dalton, just because it's the known. You know, we look at Trey Lance and, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills and, as you pointed out, P.J. Walker. I mean, you just don't know. So uh, they went against him last year when he was playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Vance, obviously, playing being in the AFC, you have some numbers to back it up. Um, even when um, – you know, he was actually on that staff possibly as a defensive backs coach. But I, I just want to know. And initially they just said he had bruised ribs. And then it turns out he has broken ribs. It is not one. So he's the future. Um, you know, quite frankly, you know, they were on a four or five game losing. Five games. Five games. And then they won on, on Thanksgiving Day. So, you know, they got a shot in the arm there. And, 
you know, I thought Andy Dalton, uh, him being in there, allowed them to run their offense, so to speak. So, yeah, I, I prefer Andy Dalton just because I know what he can do. You know, Justin Fields, obviously, when he put him in there initially, they didn't have a lot of protection for him, so he took some hits. Um, but on the other side, I mean, he would make a lot of mistakes. But, again, they know Andy Dalton. They faced him uh, just a year ago. Cowboys, obviously, that game got out of hand real quick with the fumbles and, and everything else. But, yeah, uh, I prefer to go against Andy Dalton uh, from a standpoint of just – you, you, he has tape on film that you can actually check, see what his strengths and weaknesses are. That's always been my big thing, even going back to that first meeting against the 49ers. Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it going to be Trey Lance? No, Jim, give me Jimmy G because I know what he can do. I'm not quite sure yet what Trey Lance can do. And we did see in that first meeting he gave the Cardinals fits because of that ability to run. Justin Fields the same way. He's 2-6 and six as a starter, which I think says more about the guys surrounding him versus the talent that he has. Andy Dalton started weeks one and two, and then it was Justin Fields before last week when the Bears beat the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. And Andy Dalton did have a very good afternoon. The first Bears quarterback with a 300-yard passing game since Nick Foles in week nine of 2020. He was 24 of 39 for 317 yards, one touchdown. He was picked off once as well. And that is that is the that is that's the scary situation when you talk about Andy Dalton because overall he's not among the elite quarterbacks, but he is a quarterback MJ that can get hot. And he got hot for a stretch last week on Thanksgiving, and that is something that if you're the Cardinals defensively, you need to be aware of. Well, the only thing I would say, Craig, they played the Lions. Okay, now, again, fair enough. Yes. No, no, but 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 he did. I mean, it's not like he was an empty chair and they lost the game because that would have been you know, that wouldn't have gone well for the Bears fans. And you know, the Lions they get paid too and they they line up. It's just you know they're struggling this year. So um, again, I, I, I they're not going to take anybody lightly. Uh, they only can line up who's across from them, and then that's where you got to win your one on one matchups. And, again, as you alluded to, the history that Vance Joseph has against Andy Dalton last year, beating him when he was with the Cowboys. They picked him off twice, sacked him three times. You go back to 2019 when Andy Dalton was with the Bengals. Cardinals won that matchup. Dalton was a little bit better that afternoon. And then when Vance Joseph was the head coach of the Broncos in 2017, Andy Dalton with the Bengals beat the Broncos that day. And then – you even go further back the year prior in 2016, Vance Joseph, then the defensive coordinator of the Dolphins, Andy Dalton, won that contest. And then there is some familiarity as far as them being together in 2014 and 2015 when Joseph was the Bengals defensive backs coach. So you want to talk about film. There is plenty of film, not just because Dalton has been around the league for so long, but Vance Joseph can call up a number of different games, and maybe he even knows a little bit more about Dalton than maybe some other quarterback because going against him on Sundays is one thing. Seeing him Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on the practice field is another, regardless of the fact that it was, you know, seven years ago. Well, when when Andy Dalton was in Cincinnati, I mean, they made the playoffs. It's just they couldn't win a playoff game, and, and they had a good roster. So it's a little bit different now in Chicago. You know, they, Nick Foles is is the third string quarterback. Will he be the backup? Are they willing to risk Justin Fields if something happens to Andy Dalton? So, 
Um, again, not a surprise. Obviously, Vance didn't have any quarterbacks. That's why he got let go in Denver. It was Trevor Simeon. It was like Paxton Lynch maybe, even Brock Osweiler. So he, he was going to a, a gunfight with a knife. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could see. But um, Andy Dalton's a smart quarterback. It doesn't seem like he forces things. You know, he's not trying to be a, a hero, just play within the frame of the, of the of the offense. So I don't think he's going to make a ton of his mistakes. But if you start putting pressure on him and he's starting to get hit and the weather's kind of, you know, not the best, then all of a sudden you may be able to get into his head. But he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, not mental mistakes. He's not going to try to force a ball. He'll check it down. Overall, Andy Dalton against the Cardinals, one and three with seven touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked ten times. And let's focus on that term, sacked, because this Bears offense has allowed 37 sacks, the most in the league. Fields has been dropped 31 times. But this is a game, especially regardless of what the weather is, that if you're Marcus Golden, if you're Chandler Jones, Devon Kennard, that this is the possibility that you can get to the quarterback, not just on third down, but maybe even on second down, especially if it's Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, I, I recall Justin Fields' first game, and I don't know if he was sacked eight or nine times. I mean, again, Andy Dalton's a guy that's going to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. I do think they made adjustments when Fields got his second and third start, even though it's two and six as, as a starter, where they kind of checked the ball down a little bit, gave him better protection. They slid protection, but the, his first start, uh, it, it didn't go well, and he was sacked a ton. So you could see the difference in both quarterbacks, but I think Andy Dalton's kind of like some of these veteran quarterbacks where let's just get rid of the ball. You know, I don't need to throw it down the field 25 yards. Let's just get rid of it and try to slow down that pass rush. You look at the Bears, what they have up front, their left tackle, Jason Peters, pretty solid. Their right tackle, Larry Barom. Now, they do have Tevin Jenkins, but he's currently on injured reserve. The second-round pick had back surgery, and there's a question on whether he even comes back this season. Doesn't quite sound like it, but I do think this is an opportunity for the Cardinals. Again, you went on first down. You do your job on first down. Make it second and long, third and long. You might see more blitzing from this Cardinals defense, but they do blitz a lot already, but especially on the road. Cardinals have had very good success on the road when it comes to a defense and getting after quarterbacks. Yeah, and the key there is is first down. You know, you you well documented. Uh, you look at the Packers, they were giving up 4.5. You look at the Panthers, they were giving up 4.6 or 7 on first down. So now all of a sudden it's a manageable second and six. So if the Cardinals can obviously contain the first and second down, put them in third and long, that will play exactly what, what Vance wants to do. We know when they come to their nickel and dime packages or trying to get their playmakers on the field. And, and I would think, you know, between Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker and those three corners and Isaiah, um, they should be able to cover. And then obviously the front seven should be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Cardinals blitz have the sixth highest blitz rate according to next gen stats they blitz nearly 33 percent of the time but i think that goes back to what their success rate is on first down and allowing a chandler jones marcus golden zavon Kennard, isaiah simmons even maybe even buda baker to get into the backfield get home on either the quarterback or the ball carrier yeah and it's interesting because i want to say last year they were first or second when it came to blitzing and maybe just because you know chandler was out and they kind of had a makeshift, uh, even though they ended up with 49 sa uh, sacks, um, a little bit different. So to, to here, 
they're playing more zone when you play man-to-man. Sometimes you get beat on the chunk yards. Zone, you keep everything in front of you. Um, so maybe he feels like we can win one-on-one matchups with our front seven, and I don't need to blitz and put our secondary in jeopardy. So that, it's a little bit different. But um, the numbers speak for himself, though. They're, they're much better than they were last year on defense. And, and talking about red zone, talking about third down, getting them off the field, talking about points allowed. So it, it's really been night and day since Vance arrived three years ago. Yeah, overall, the numbers defensively are outstanding. As far as yards per game, they rank fifth, but you go back to their scoring defense, number four in the league, 19 takeaways, 11 fumble recoveries. That's the second most in the National Football League. So they are getting home a lot in the secondary, but it goes, or I should say, getting home a lot in the uh, backfield, but it goes back to how do you attack a certain possession as far as on first down. And when you look at offensively, this Bears team, they have the worst passing offense in the league. I have 170 yards per game. And they are a run-first offense. And we can see that just by looking at the numbers. But if you can get this team one-dimensional where they are forced, even though they're not very good at it, but if you force the Bears to drop back and throw the football more than they want – that means getting out to a big lead. That means stopping the Bears on first and second down. I certainly like the Cardinals' chances. Yeah, and, and, and maybe the reason why they haven't been able to throw the ball, Allen Robinson's been one of their best players. And, he, you know, you look at his numbers, 30 catches, 339 yards. He only has one touchdown. He's a guy that can stretch the field. But then they have other guys, and they and, and they really rely on their tight ends. And, and the fact that Jimmy Graham is, is a second-string tight end, they can go two tight ends, so you can't get to the quarterback. But Allen Robinson, and then Marquise Goodwin's there. He's a fast guy. I mean, he only has 16 catches for 277. Um, he's got a long of 50. Now, his average per catch is 17.3. So he's a guy like kind of like Robert Woods. He can get open, kind of like um, – Tyler Lockett, so that's a guy you make sure you don't let him get around you. But I'm, I'm assuming they're going to try to go with a couple tight ends to kind of slow down that Cardinals defense. But the key, though, is if Allen Robinson can't go, that's an advantage. And then Mooney, is that how you pronounce it? Mooney. Mooney, thank you. He's put up really good numbers in the last couple of games. I want to say he's over had 100 yards. He played really well on Thanksgiving Day. 100, at least 100 receiving yards in each of his past two games, yep. 10 catches, 244 yards total in his past two games. He's averaging better than 15 yards a catch and three receiving touchdowns. The rest of the skilled players, five receiving touchdowns. So he is by far their number one option, and I think a lot of that is just because Allen Robinson has missed the past two weeks with a hamstring injury. Marquise Goodwin suffered a foot injury last week, so they are banged up as far as the other skilled positions are concerned as far as pass catchers. Cole Komet, their tight end, is dealing with a groin injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, so they are seem to be, you know, regardless of quarterback, they seem to be – one one running back, one wide receiver as far as weapons when you look and try to scout and figure out what do we need to do in order to get the W. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- this team only has nine rushing touchdowns. I mean, they're averaging 4.4, and really it's Montgomery. He's averaging 4.2, and then they got Williams, but they only have nine rushing touchdowns. Now their opponents only have 10 against them, so that got to give their credit to their front seven there. And as you pointed out, for the wide receivers, they only have eight as a team. That could be tight ends, running backs, re- receptions. And they've given up 18 to opponents. So the numbers just, I mean, that's not 
the Bears, you would think at this point in the year, would be able to run the football, play action, and and open up the passing game. They just haven't been able to do that. One other note as far as uh, wide receivers are concerned, Demir Bird, the former Cardinal, last week in that win over the, land, uh, the uh, Lions, couple of big third down catches on the final drive so he has stepped up because Robinson has been hurt Goodwin got hurt last week so Demir Bird another name to keep an eye on but really it's about David Montgomery their running back and what he has been able to do now last week the Lions did a good job of shutting him down he averaged less than three yards a carry but if he can get on a roll and we know we've chronicled it here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals the difficulty consistently stopping the run, regardless of who it is. But David Montgomery can be very, very dangerous to this Cardinals defense and someone that you don't want to lose sight of and then get out of your own gaps and try to do too much, especially if he has early success. Well, he's you know he's built like a fire hydrant. He's like 5'10", 225, so he gets low gravity there. He's only 24 years old, and, and it seems like they want to go with him. And and then uh, the other guy is Williams. Uh, the Damian other, Williams. Damian Williams, kind of a one-two punch, but he, clearly he's their bell cow. You start looking at their numbers, I mean, he leads the team in rushing, average per carry. Um, but he's he's a guy that if he gets hot, he, he can run the football. It's But, again, no arm tackling here. You've got to gang tackle this guy because once he gets to that second layer – you got to tackle those thighs. Again, it's only 5'10", but 225, that's really good size. You look at a James Conner, he's 6'2", 233. This guy almost has the same weight, but not the same height. And Montgomery has played better since coming back from the knee injury in Week 9, better than 77 yards per game, which is the fifth highest total in the NFC amongst running backs, plus three rushing touchdowns. But we chronicled last week, did not – have a great game against the Lions, but this Bears offense, when they are rolling, when they've had success and they've won four games, it's because of their rushing offense. Yeah, I'm looking at his uh, his game talk logs. He he has rushed for over 200 or 100 yards against the Lions on October 3rd, and then on September 12th, he had 16 carries for 108 yards, averaged 6.8 against the Rams. Now he did have a rushing and a receiving touchdown. He's only caught 12 passes. Um, you know, out of the backfield, so he is not a huge uh, weapon there. But he, you know, pedestrian numbers. Just I think because they're falling behind. You mentioned 17 carries, 46, less than 27 against the Ravens, 14 for 58. Steelers, 13 for 63. Uh, I mean, he got one game, 10 for 34 yards. So he's capable of doing it. But I think they they, they can't fall behind to where. They want to run the football and, and then put pressure on, on your defense, and they feel like, you know, again, I don't know if this is a game plan, but let's keep Kyler Murray and that offense on the sideline. So he's capable of it, but right now his numbers have been really up and down. Eighth best rushing offense. They average 4.4 yards per carry. Those are the numbers the Bears overall this season. So they can move the ball on the ground overall. Only the Seahawks and Texans have gained fewer total yards per contest and they don't score a ton of points. Only 17 offensive touchdowns. That's the fewest mark in the league by comparison. Cardinals have 37 offensive touchdowns, so 20 more, and that's why the Bears rank 29th in scoring and why the Cardinals come in with the fifth-best scoring offense. Yeah, and that's why they're 4-7, and seven, basically. Just, and, and, again, the whole idea is when they brought Andy Dalton in is the starting quarterback, and 
maybe they shouldn't have made that claim because they didn't get Justin Fields. You know the fan base loves the backup quarter, especially, especially if he's a yeah, first-round yeah. pick, and you got a chance to see him play at Ohio State. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're losing, and they got to put him in there because they feel the pressure. So it's not the ideal thing, but you, you just wonder if Andy Dalton was the starter, would they have a better record? Four and seven going into this week you thirteen contest. They're still oh, they're still only a game out. Yeah, but you mentioned it. Sorry to interrupt you. You mentioned he's two and six as a starter, though. Yeah, and I just think you know offensive line, skilled yeah. position players, the banged up defense. It's as a quarterback, you can only control so much. And yeah, you get the win loss based off what happened on the outcome of the game. But it's been a difficult season and the Bears though are coming off a high beating the Lions on Thursday on Thanksgiving so we'll see what happens this week again 11 a.m. is the kickoff from Soldier Field 6 30 a.m. pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network as we continue Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals mentioned Devon Kennard a couple of times when we talk about rushing the quarterback Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones get a lot of the attention but we had a chance to hear from Kennard earlier on Thursday and I really like his frame of mind and how he's approaching each and every week because there was an expectation when he was signed in the offseason after getting released by the Lions the hometown kid comes back plays for the hometown team right down the streets and it was a struggle and according to him his words Bergang quote last year was a challenge for me End quote. And I don't know how much that was because he was playing at home, how much it was because of injuries and COVID-19, the entire pandemic. He just, he was, he could never really find his spot, his role, if you will, a last year. Different story this year, even though he's not playing as much as he probably would like. Yeah, I think it's a combination of obviously having the injuries going through COVID, but he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And I can tell you this for a fact. He worked out as, as, as much as anybody else. He was at the facility, I was told, every single day. And he, he knew that Chandler was coming back. He knew that Marcus had resigned. They also had, had tendered Dennis Gardick. So he knew what was on the wall. They, they say they want to get him more playing time. But to me, he's done a great job setting the edge. Okay. I mean, he's a great locker room guy. He's a depth guy. And, you know, he's earned more playing time. But, again, who are you taking off the field? I mean, in a NASCAR package, you got Dennis Gardeck. He's dressing on special teams. Um, your base defense, you have Chandler and you have Marcus Golden. But there's a spot for him. And I give him a ton of credit because when you come home, yes, the family's here. His, his father and his entire, you know, family is here. And you're expected to go out there and play. And, and to me – He's done everything they've asked him to do, so it's not on him, so to speak. It's just the guys in front of him, but he can never have enough good depth, and he's got the right attitude. I really like his demeanor, and there was talk, Craig, in the offseason, why don't you get rid of this guy? Look at his cap number, and I don't know all the details. Obviously, they felt like you know if somebody goes down, we need Kennard uh, because he has experience. He played in Detroit, he played in New York, and he played at USC, so he, he's played a lot of football in his life. It was a three-year, $20 million contract, base salary of just over $6 million this year, 6.75 next year. Yet you look at the expectation when you have that kind of a contract and you're making that kind of money, yet last year he only played 35% of the defensive snaps once over the final eight games. He just could never find his way 
on the football field. Still having some difficulty getting on the field, but when he is on the field, we're seeing a lot better production, whether it is setting the edge, to your point, and allowing someone else to make the play or getting into the backfield. There was the big play a Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers. He batted down that fourth down pass on Aaron Rodgers to allow the offense and Kyle Murray to, try to, to march downfield yep. for a game-winning score. And yep. it was this close to converting that and a great outcome for everyone. But Devon Kernod, he's mentioned that he has the right mindset and, quote, trying to be a star in my role, end quote. And when you have success, it's easier to have that mindset as far as winning on Sundays as a team. But I'm sure this – it's not easy when you have an expectation or a desire to play more and you're told not right now or not yet. We've got two guys in Golden and Jones that are playing just a little bit better. Be ready when your name is called, when your number is called. And I think Devon Kennard, while maybe not overly happy about it, certainly is accepting of it and has done his best to be ready each and every day. Yeah, I mean – it's all you can do is 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 put the work in in practice, and he he practices just as hard as anyone out there because he knows he's trying to get some time. And when your number's called, you got to be ready. Um, again, uh, he only could put eleven on the field, and I'm looking at this year. Now he's playing close to eighty percent of snaps on special teams. So again, you got your starters, and then you got your core special teams player. Obviously, you know I'm sorry, he hasn't. I was looking at something else. So scratch that. But about thirty three percent. He's played 362 snaps this year, so that's kind of where they were last year. And there are some games, Craig, where he was only playing seven to nine snaps. I would like to see that in the teens. And at the end of the day, it's kind of interesting when you look at the alignment. The, I don't know if a coach stands on the sidelines and goes, he's at 20 right here because it's really even when it comes to some of those snaps for the defensive linemen. So, again, he he, he earned, he's earned the right to get more playing time. But at the same time, though, who are you taking off the field? There's a great rotation defensive line, and how do you get a rotation as an outside linebacker? Well, defensive line, there's three, sometimes four at one time. Outside linebacker, there's two, maybe three, but you have to factor in Isaiah Simmons as well on his role as far as rushing the quarterback. Yet, you don't want to take Chandler Jones off the field. You don't want to take Marcus Golden off the field because they are so good at what they do. Is there a way you can get all three on the field? I'm sure it's something that's been discussed, and I think we've seen it a time or two, but it becomes more difficult when it's a specialty as far as rushing the quarterback. And I don't know, when you're looking at those three linebackers, Golden, Jones, and Kennard, I mean, if you're going to say, all right, rush the quarterback, Devon Kennard's the odd man out. I mean, just based off what he does and what he's successful at compared to Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones. Well, if you want to do a D5, in week one he played 34 snaps, 55%. Week two, 42 snaps. Week three, 39. Week four, 61. And then 57. And then it's gone down to 11, 19, 11, 24, 14, 7. And he played 17 snaps last week, which would have been equivalent to 30% because you didn't have a ton of snaps from the Seahawks. So maybe more playing time. Sometimes the Cardinals time of possession. And obviously they're getting teams off the field. But, again, there's only so many snaps that can go around. But it, initially, he was he was getting you know close to 35 to 40, 50 snaps. Now it's down to you know last couple of games he's 35 and 30. Again, 
You can have never have enough depth, and you're not relying on a rookie to come in and play. It's a good problem yeah. to have that the Cardinals have as far as the depth. Everyone wants to play. Everyone is playing well because overall the defense is playing well. What this means for Kennard in the future, who knows? Yet you always have to be ready. And I think Devon Kennard is in a much better position. He admitted it himself on Thursday as far as what is being asked of him as far as what was the expectation because sometimes there can be an expectation and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's what you need me to do. And that can be difficult, but I'll give Kennard credit. He's been around the league for a long, long time. He understands it. He's seen it. He's been released. He's been out of the rotation. He's been the guy. And I do think being home also kind of factors in that as well. you got family and friends and attendants are watching, and they want to see you. And we haven't seen a lot of him. But when he has been out there, I'll repeat it, he's been very, very good. Okay. Last year, they didn't they didn't make the trade for Marcus Golden, correct? So they lose mid season. Mid season. Yeah. So he played he played fifty five snaps in the first game, sixty four, fifty nine, and then he was inactive, must have had the injury, and then he played sixty nine, sixty, and then he had COVID and it went down big time. And then that's when they made the trade. So you could see what they thought of him in free agency, and then when you get Marcus Golden, the guy that and he doesn't play every snap, Marcus Golden. But you just don't take pass rushers off the field. That is our winning one-on-one matchups. I mean, he's out to an outstanding start. So if you look what they decided, okay, we're going to give him this three-year deal. He was playing a ton of snaps. But after COVID, it went down big time because they made the trade. And it's what you do when you're on the field. And that's what Marcus Golden – excuse me, that's what Devon Kennard has done better than most on that defense is taking advantage of the reps he is getting as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Again, we'll continue to push this Pro Bowl voting underway. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. You can vote early. You can vote often. Voting runs through December 16th. Send your favorite Cardinals players to the Pro Bowl. Hopefully they're not playing because they'll be in the Super Bowl. But again, the game is February 6th in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl Votes. Another opportunity to see this Cardinals team in action coming up this Sunday, week 13, Cardinals at the Bears, 11 a.m. kickoff, 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And as we discussed on Wednesday, Bears week, meaning the episode nine, Cardinals flight, uh, excuse me, Cardinals folktales. Thanks, Coach, is available as we speak. It debuted Wednesday night, the Monday night meltdown, the behind the scenes, what led up to that, the aftermath of Dennis Green's epic rant following the Cardinals' loss, the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. You can catch it on youtube.com slash azcardinals, plus an original audio podcast. You can go on azcardinals.com or search Cardinals Folktales at your favorite podcast provider. One of the more fun episodes, maybe not if it was immediately afterwards, but as time passes, you have a better appreciation for certain moments that you see or are part of. And obviously, Dennis Green's epic rant is one of those moments that will never be forgotten, not only in Cardinals history, but National Football League history. Yeah, and and at the time, you were covering the, the visitors' locker room, but I was sitting there, and that's probably one of the biggest meltdown that I've been around um, and then of course uh, Bob Ferguson put me on notice one time <laughs> so those are my, my I, those I recall where I didn't get called up by Denny Green but I did get called up by Bob Ferguson 
Hey, you could be uh, called out by uh, lesser people, but, you know. <laughs> I think we should do folktales on that. <laughs> Need to find video, audio of all that. Well, we got, we, got the video, we got the audio and video from Fergie Spoke, like, that day. Uh, we'd have to have, like, um, some animation of Simeon <laughs> going down the ramp and me coming up and him having this conversation where he just da- uh talk down to me and I'm not coming back and then Fergie having his press conference and then Fergie calling me from the airport the next morning telling me the sky caps are high-fiving him he did the right thing so it wouldn't be a long folktale <laughs> <laughs> but just just to see Fergie's neck he his his vein in his neck was just sticking out and he pounds the table and I I'm just sitting there going Really? How am I getting? You get dragged into something that yeah, yeah. you don't want to be and, a part of. And honestly, of. You, you're, you should never be the story. Correct. Never. As a member of the media, never. never be the story. You don't want to be the story. And, and what was the guy's name that asked the question? Mark Brown? Mark Brown, who was doing some freelance work for the Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> it was his question, a very innocent question, not even answered by Dennis Green. But Coach had something to get off his chest, and he did. And you can relive it on. Folktales, Cardinals Folktales, Thanks Coach, which is available now on YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. Very well done by all parties oh, absolutely. involved in that. And don't forget the original audio podcast. Search Cardinals Folktales at your favorite podcast provider. I'll tell you what a folktale we can do. Well, when we got to the combine after they you know, hired Kingsbury, and you and I are thinking, oh, Nick Bosa, uh, Quinn Williams. <laughs> We, we we entered that week, Bird Gang, in Indianapolis thinking, oh, they got the quarterback, find a defensive player. We exited Indianapolis going, wow, they might be drafting a quarterback for the second straight year in the first round. And that's exactly what I happened. I mean, you, you, they had the great audio. You know, I don't want to pick a scab, but when he said, Josh is our guy right now. Yeah. Or there was it right now or for now? For now. Whatever it was. That, those two <laughs> words at the end, be like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. He used that the other day about talking about Oklahoma. <laughs> we we got all the audio and Peter Schrager and Good Morning Football. They were all over it, and we got a chance to talk to Kyler. It was it was great. It's a lot of fun covering a professional sports team because you never know what's around the well, corner. Well, that was a time when I got a chance to talk to John Gruden. And they had three first-round picks. No, you were trying to orchestrate a trade. Yeah, because I, I cause, again, let's. You, you got more. You need more than just Nick Bolster or Quentin Williams. And Gruden said, "Have time call me." He had three first-round picks, and he never called him. No. Good thing he didn't call him. Exactly. <laughs> Cardinals are much better off with the drafting of Kyler Murray. Nine and two. Year three, this is the year that everything is coming to fruition. We'll see if that Cardinals can't get to double-digit wins on Sunday. So that leads us to what Mike Jarecki will be doing later on Thursday, and that is getting ready for his three keys to victory, the X-Factor and the intangible, as we do a deeper dive on the Week 13 matchup, Cardinals and Bears. All right, before we get out of here, I didn't know this, and it varies because in the offseason they'll tell you strength of schedule based on team's record from a year ago. Tell our tell our listeners where the Cardinals are when it comes. Now, we know they're playing the Bears and the Lions, okay? We know that, and the Seahawks. So that's three teams that are still trying to find traction. Lions are trying their first first win. So when it comes to the final six games, 
What is the strength of the schedule for the Arizona Cardinals? According to the league, the Cardinals have the second easiest remaining strength of schedule as far as the opponent record, current record. Titans have the easiest. The issue is the Packers have the third easiest. So it goes Packers, Cardinals, Titans as far as easiest remaining strength of schedule. Cardinals only have two teams with winning records left, the Rams and the Cowboys. I'd put the Colts in there as well, but they're a 500 team, but still a very dangerous 500 team. Yeah. I'm not going to pay a lot of attention to that, but it's just interesting when you look at the six games. I mean, there's a very – Seattle's very winnable. Bears are very winnable. And you throw in the Lions, very winnable. But you got to go out there and play and then find out where you are – you know, obviously against the Rams, it's a home game. It's going to be a huge game on Monday Night Football. And then, you know, clearly you got to play the Colts on Christmas, and then you got to play the Cowboys. But, you know, they should win They should win at least three games here, Craig. Now, if they win the next three, they clinch the division title. But when you talk to them, it's this week. Yes. No, it's the Chicago Well, we Bears. can do this. Exactly. And it's fun to discuss, Spur Gang, and we'll continue to follow it along right here on Cardinals Cover 2. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.